Uh, yeah, I feel like I you. I don't know, dude. I don't know. <laughs> We're it's like just a bunch trying of, to take this. It's just a bunch of gamers being gamers, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, just a bunch of fellas. <laughs> what happens around. in Fall Guys stays in Fall Guys. <laughs> yeah, dude. They did add party chat. No, but... see, what happens What happens is, like, uh, Dan has an actual corporate job, so he is stuck going to sensitivity trainings, oh, and his mind yeah. is so hardwired into that world that when he hears us talk about things that would be uh, frowned upon in his sensitivity trainings, it's just setting off red well, flags. Well, that's not true but what is true is i have definitely not told anybody at work about this podcast yeah not that anything has happened so far that i wouldn't want people at work right. knowing but knowing that there is the yeah. potential of something being said in this podcast that i wouldn't sure. it's an interesting thing to balance these days because again you know even 10 15 years ago you didn't see many i'm just gonna make up a director of marketing uh, at a corporate level doing a podcast about Marvel shows. You didn't see a right. uh, VP of engineering doing Twitch streams. Like this is just a new, it's a new world we're living in where we've got to have these uh, weird boundaries uh, to an extent because yeah, mm -hmm. it yeah, doesn't totally. cross over super well. And I think the world is still getting used to the fact that, someone up at a higher level in a corporate position can be someone who also plays video games. Right. Well, yeah, you know, cause I think like before it's like, you know, you could like go to work and entertain the hearts and minds of children at birthday parties everywhere. But then you go home and you're just John Wayne Gacy, you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> but no one really knows. <sighs> And it was a simpler time. It was a better time back then, I would actually argue. Whereas, like, these days, it's like, try being John Wayne Gacy now, dude. Frankly, they they took all the fun out of it. You know, there's going to be a time where we can have a discussion where we don't have to bring up John Wayne Gacy. But uh, it seems like yeah, today's I, not no, that No, I don't think that day is coming anytime soon, quite frankly. Yeah? I mean, I feel like I just have John Wayne Gacy on the mind a lot. You know, it's like emblematic of a simpler time in America. <laughs> He's got Gacy on the brain sea. Yeah. On the brace. I got Gacy on the brace. Dude, what you what you what you can do what you can do with that? Why don't you put that in your pipe and smoke? Um, it? I think just like when you say Beetlejuice's name three times, when you say Gacy's name right. ten times, you have to then start a, a podcast. So we're gonna stop talking about <laughs> him and we're actually gonna When you say this. Gacy's name ten times, you become <laughs> Okay, Gacy. and let's uh, get started now. <laughs> We're not. James oh, hey, John Wayne Gacy. Oh, hello. Do I, yeah, hey, hello. This is not the John Wayne Gacy podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Dan. And I'm John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> this is cape shit. What's it's up? cape shit. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting, uh, hopefully, I don't know. I mean, we haven't recorded the episode yet. I don't know if it's going to be exciting or not. I hope it will be. Uh, but welcome back to another uh, theoretically, potentially in the future, exciting episode of Cape Shit. My name is, of course, Christian. I'm the man with the anti-Marvel plan. Uh, frankly, the past several weeks of my life have been incredibly cumbersome sh uh, shifting through these movies. Um, and that's not like a bit. That's not a joke. Like, I'm not like I, I want to stress to everyone right now. 
I'm not like playing up a character uh, for the sake of uh, engaging content on a podcast. I have really thoroughly not been enjoying myself throughout this entire experience. Uh, but, you know, antithetical to that, I suppose, there's a guy named Dan who loves this shit for some reason. Well, I've, I've found it interesting as we've recorded these first few episodes of Cape Shit, how much you dislike it. Because the way that I see it in a lot of movies where maybe I just don't enjoy them that much i can still like kind of appreciate and get through them and not like hate myself afterwards but it seems like your reaction is uh quite intense when leaving some of these now like hulk okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and argue through hulk hulk is what it is and that's fine but Mm -hmm. i'm i'm you know Without even hearing your thoughts and opinions yet, because we do our best to not talk about these movies before we record the podcast, uh, you know, I could see where the potential opinions are going to go for this movie. But it also just makes you think, man, just even if you didn't like it, just to get through a movie like this didn't seem like it would have to be a slog. But we'll see how... uh, how you end up feeling about this. Have you ever just been bored? Like painfully bored for two straight hours. Like it reminds, (laughs) yeah, like I guess it reminds me of being like a kid in middle school again, where it's like, you know, you keep looking up at the clock and it's just like not turning, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, the time that you're spending in your English class, it just feels like you've lived a century by the time it's finally over. It's like, it's like I get stuck in this like, where you know i'm not along for the ride i mean i am along for the ride because i'm there watching it but i'm not i'm not i'm not enjoying (laughs) i'm just i'm just just not enjoying yeah uh also there's a there's a guy there's a there's a guy here named john by the way we didn't introduce him hi john how's it going guys hey pretty good man pretty how you doing I'm, i'm all right i'm all right i watched thor two nights ago no, that's that's incorrect i was going to watch it two nights ago but then i realized that i was too tired to be able to sit through a two-hour Thor movie and actually pay attention. So I waited until yesterday. I, w- I watched yeah. it broad daylight just so I had the energy to get through it because I knew the last... We've recorded three of these now, and the last three, I had trouble just sitting through it. And this is coming from, like, a casual enjoyer of just, like, blockbuster movies, I guess. Um, but even this movie, which I didn't dislike as much as i thought i would rewatching it was like i had stopped the movie probably like five times throughout just because I, I was like losing my fucking mind like and it wasn't even like that the movie was so bad that i had to stop the movie i was just like getting bored like i don't know yeah, yeah. it's interesting i know it's a very boring it's, movie it, but uh speaking of which uh hey dan you want to give us a boring plot synopsis okay. yeah maybe you can spin a little film? fun into it too yeah Oh yeah. yeah, try That's try and make it fun Here's... for me. And I'll be honest, if you can make this fun for me, I will tell okay. you. Okay. Well, I'm not here to make it fun for you cuz you know what? It was fun for me. And that's all that I care about. Uh this movie introduces us to Thor, Loki, Odin, Jane, Eric, uh and Darcy, that's which are name. all characters that will continue to make uh, uh appearances throughout the MCU. I thought this was an interesting one. Uh, not, I'm not talking about the quality of the movie or the story or whatever. I thought it was interesting because it was not a standard origin story, which we're going to see here in the next movie that we're watching. Uh, but this was more of a Thor exists, 
He's on his path to become king. We're not going all the way back and spending the first half of the movie just discussing uh, all the effects of him growing up as a kid with Odin as his father. Um, and so the whole goal of this was to not be a origin story of Thor himself, but to become more of an origin story of how Thor places himself into this world and works with Midgard, and uh, which is Earth, uh, into uh, finding his place in, in the, uh, the Nine Realms. Uh, and so uh, with this, we had this one uh, distributed again by Paramount Pictures. As I mentioned before, Disney's first movie is going to be The Avengers, which is at the end of phase one. This was directed by Kenneth Branagh. Branagh? Branagh? Branagh. Branagh. There you go. Uh, it came out. Well, you can't prepare Kenneth today. Branagh. I guess I didn't say his name out loud enough times <laughs> uh, or at all before this. Uh, came out May 6, 2011, earned $443 million in theaters. Uh, actually did really well in theaters. Uh, and Thor, uh, just a little fun fact for you, is the first uh, MCU character to get four movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the new one uh, coming out here on July 8th. Uh, which is Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, so the the one thing I want to point out before we get into the movie at all is because I've I had this um like every time it happened I would write a note down until I realized that like 30 minutes into the movie I'd written the same note like six times. If you're a director, please fucking stop using unnecessary Dutch angles. It makes me dizzy. It makes me uneasy. And if you don't know what a Dutch angle is, you could probably guess from the name Dutch angle, it's when the camera is angled at a slant where it otherwise doesn't need to be, right? It's supposed to invoke uh, the feeling of uneasiness in a scene. But when you overuse it, I don't know. Basically, the entire movie is a fucking Dutch angle, which is weird because it's about Norse mythology and not Dutch people. Huh. I, I still have no idea what that is, but... Uh, okay, rewatch it, and you will know exactly what I mean within the first couple minutes. Wow. You could say the Dutch angles in this film turned John's uneasiness to queasiness. Okay. All right. Well. Yeah. So, uh, this one picks up with, uh, we're in New Mexico, and if there was ever a place to see aliens or uh, people from other realms. It's going to be in New Mexico, uh, where we see uh, Dr. Eric Selvig, uh, Jane Foster, who's played by Natalie Portman, uh, and Darcy uh, driving around looking for anomalies as astrophysicists. Uh, and then we get some introduction into the different realms, and we uh, see... Asgard's effect on humanity back in the Norway times where they uh, looked at Asgardians and others as gods and beginning the idea that Thor and Odin and the Rainbow Bridge and all of these things were uh, real and that they were gods within this universe. And so I think this is the first time where we're seeing now this idea of uh, gods within the MCU that are not, you know, God, you know, the Christian God, Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. His uh, God. My God. <laughs> of course. Yeah. 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 And so we learn that Earth is uh, part of the nine realms known as Midgard and that uh, Asgard and uh, has generally been a centralizing force to defending 
uh, the Nine Realms in their uh, fight against the Frost Giants and others. Uh, with Anthony Hopkins as Odin, uh, which is just, I, I'd never really think about it because I guess I, I've seen him in all the future ones, but it's kind of interesting to see Anthony Hopkins playing a role that uh, pops up multiple times throughout the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is Anthony Hopkins uh, fucking Hannibal? Is that where I know him from? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. That's a perfect role. <laughs> For Odin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we uh, get a little bit of background across uh, the Nine Realms, and then we uh, see a little version of Thor, and uh, what we come to find out is Loki. Yeah. The the intro to this movie kind of threw me for a loop, and not a necessarily good loop. I'm not sure how I feel about it. It, it was like, it starts with the humans, and then it goes into like a backstory narration by Odin about the legends of the Norse people and how they came to be known by man on Earth. And then it time skips to Thor and Loki. And then after that, we go back to the humans all within the first like couple of minutes of the movie. And I just, it was a lot to follow. I thought it was kind of funny to you how it's just like literally Game of Thrones. I just kept thinking that the entire time. Like it's just it it's just it's just they like fought a bunch of white walkers. Yeah. It's just yeah. these like Norse gods fighting white walkers. It's like it's it's li it's literally Game of Thrones. Uh which you know whatever and like there there was a there was a line in the intro that was like, you know, their source, the source of their power was taken from them by Odin. And it just kind of like made me laugh because it's like the source of their power is just this like battery thing. I just thought it was like a funny scene where it's like, oh, no, what's the source? It's like, but like the source of their power is just like a physical thing. It's like he he stole the source of it. And it's just like him picking up like a, a, a battery chunk. And it's just like, damn, dude, like everything in these movies is so on the nose. It's insane. Uh. What, what what did you want the source of their power to be? I don't know. Maybe like a cool scene where he's like on like a flesh pit and he slams his hand into the ground. It goes like, Aah! and then like becomes larger than he was before. And now he has the source of the frost giant's power, but it's, it's it, just, just something more mystical. Like, like, you know, my, my, my head, my head goes to like, you know, I'm like the source of the power. It's like, you know, that's sort of like, that's sort of like a spiritual, like, uh, you know, the yeah. ebbs and flood, but it's like, you know, he, it's like the source. it's like, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a tower with a blue battery in it. Yeah. And that's what they were guarding. And then in like a, a, a Scooby-Doo hijinx style thing, he sneaks into the tower and steals the source of their power, which is a literal physical battery that then he brings back to Asgard with him. And now they have the source of the power. Yeah, I could see that. And also it's like, what power to just really quick. It's like, I mean, like. It's like it's implied that the frost giants kind of go to shit after he takes it, but they can still do all their frost giant stuff. Like, what is the power? Like, you know, the do it's like it's like they're still like freezing people. They're still it's frost giants. Like, like in Avatar, they have like Day of the Black Sun, where like there's an eclipse, so like uh -huh. the sun gets blotted out, and like for that day they couldn't use their power. Or actually, a better example would be if like Sozin's comet like amplifies their power so like every every firebender is like a fucking superhuman for like as long as that comet's yeah. in the sky so maybe they take the comet away and they're all just like normal ass frost giants who can't do much 
Yeah. Or maybe it is literally just a battery. Like, maybe well, it's just like they stole the source of the power, and then all the electricity goes out, and now their kingdom is in ruins. Yeah, I, I did some basic, uh, very, very basic uh, yeah, research Yeah, he Googled the wiki. It, and it's called the cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he Googled yeah, it. I mean, yeah. how else do you find... I can't, you know, I can't find this out by going to ask Thor. Uh, Thor doesn't actually exist in reality. I don't know if you're aware Wait, of this, so we can't actually... I know, it's weird. Uh, it's called the Casket of Ancient Winters, uh, and it is an Asgardian artifact, and essentially it would create massive snowstorms. The hand size of the casket uh, was, contained the fury of a thousand killing winters. Uh, and it- Okay, okay, but but hold on, I'm just going to stop you really quick. That's not explained in the movie. Like, I know. That's, fa- that's sure. all well and good. It, and I'm not, yeah, and I'm not necessarily saying this to defend the casket. I guess my point yeah. is, is to your point, it would have been nice to see a uh, background story of why the casket was so important. Um, right, because they're all like, they're all scrambling over each other for control of this thing. Yeah. That you as the audience are just like expected to, it's like, it's important because it's, imp- it's important because it's important. Sure. Shut up. Like, you, you know, it's, and, and, and that's the whole, and they fought wars over this very important thing. Don't worry about what it does, but it's very important. Yeah. So originally, and being that I haven't watched this movie in a very, very long time since probably it came out. I actually initially thought, oh, maybe uh, the one of the Infinity Stones is actually powering it, because that would have been kind of interesting to like have one of the Infinity Stones that end up, you know, being the thing that Thanos is going for, mm-hmm. powering that casket, because uh, the color is the same as uh, one of the Infinity Stones we're gonna see. What? Uh, and it does look like the Tesseract, is it? not the tesseract no it's not and that's the thing so <laughs> i thought it might be because i haven't seen this movie in so long so i had kind of the same thoughts so okay um yeah definitely not uh i don't disagree with your thoughts there there should have been more background to the casket and why it was important okay podcast over there you I go win. that's yep. it you won one point out of Thanks all for of the guys. 20 that you've already lost okay great uh <laughs> so we <laughs> we did time jump we see uh, Thor's parents, Odin, and uh, Mom, which is uh, Frigga. Um, and we then see the Frost Giant infiltration right as Thor was just about to yeah, become king. one word king. away from being uh, king. And one word. Ooh, it's so yeah, convenient. Yeah. The funny part about that to me was just like he was about to be king. His dad was going to be like, king and then that would have been official he would have been the king of asgard but he gets interrupted one word after and then so what happens is he gets interrupted by frost giants trying to steal the casket and they're and yep. he's like he's like oh he's like thor i'm you're gonna be and then he gets interrupted and he's like frost giants and then, <laughs> and then they go Thanks. dude and it's like and 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 when that happens, it's like a close up yeah. on his face. It's like it's, it's the so goofiest shit. Funny. He's like, and you will be frost giants. Frost giants. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they stop the frost giants, and Thor is like mad that they were trying to steal shit from them. And he's like, we need to go after them, get revenge for them trespassing on our property. And Th- Odin's like, you are not king. <laughs> like, you were just about to become king. What do you mean? And he gets mad that he even insinuates that that was part of his like birthright to begin with. It's just so weird. It's just such a giant change of pace. 
a frost cha- change of pace. Yeah. Yeah. I also like the way that they deliver lines is funny too, because like before they go into uh, Jotunheim, which is the spot where all the frost giants live, Thor's standing around with his boys and he's like, yo, we're going to go. And they're like, I don't know. And one of them is like, it's like, because we just sort of saw like the whispered, dramatic frost giant scene like before. And then we get another one when he's like talking to all of his homies and he's like, this is not earth where you can go and summon lightning and be treated by a god. This is Jotunheim. And it's like, it, I just I, I, I just thought that that was funny on the back of the <laughs> Frost Giants. It's like, it's like they do this like whispered dramatic thing twice in a row very quickly. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I was curious as I was watching this, uh, your thoughts on the uh, horses uh, being ridden across the bridge to get to uh, Heimdall, to get to the light bridge. Okay, my thought, and I'll say this uh, just across the board, right? Um, The CGI in this movie is fucking not good. Like, well, okay, maybe it's good because, like, it's really easy for me to sit here and be like, that's not good. It's like, but I I couldn't make it. Maybe maybe it's amazing. And I also understand that it's like a a, a bit of a... um, a bit of a an older movie. I'm sure that many of that uh, many of those complaints have probably uh, been cleared up as the franchise has continued going. Sure. But I kind of thought it was a mistake from my perspective. Where like every time in this movie they want to show you something epic, it's like an epic big scene. It's like they lean really hard on this like CGI that isn't like selling it to me. And I kind of felt like that during the horse scene, as I did. With with basically all of the climactic things in this movie where it's like you know when something epic and important happens they're like here's this huge sprawling kind of lame cgi thing happening and it's just really apparent that it's cgi that you're watching yeah see i guess maybe i just don't know enough about cgi or don't care enough there were only probably two points in the whole movie where i was like oh that was like really obviously not great cgi and they were just little moments is one when that dude gets impo- impaled by the ice because that was pretty funny. Uh oh, you mean yeah? When no? he, when the okay. crystal shot out of the ground and like went through mm-hmm. his chest. Yeah. No, I didn't. I, I guess I just didn't pay attention to the CGI of the moment. So bad, yeah. dude. That was so yeah. fucking bad. I mean, yeah, the only one that really pops out in my mind is when they're running away from the frost giants and they're like going through the ice that's falling down. You see the shot of one of the warriors and they're like jumping between Sif, ice things yeah. towards the camera. Yeah, and that that was the only moment where I was like, okay, that was not spectacular. But there was nothing really outside of that that like took me out of the moment. And it might just be because I don't like care about the CGI, I guess. It was more so just sure. paying attention to what yeah, was Yeah, as someone who is going to like going to school this semester for 3D animation and shit, like I kind of gave this movie a little bit of a pass on on the CGI effects because it's like it, it happened what 14 years ago or some shit what they were able to do really well back then was basically just like metals because reflective surfaces mm. are just easier to render it's like it's more of a simple calculation for the computer um but to like render such a big scale 
establishing shot of Asgard, like every single time they were in Asgard, was a lot to show, I think, for that time. And so it wasn't the best. And the lighting, it's just, it's especially noticeable with the lighting technology at that time. But um, yeah, I don't think it was egregiously bad. So, and that's all I really cared about for this movie. Yeah, there are definitely movies that pull me out of it with the CGI. This one, again, yeah, to your point, there were a lot of big sweeping shots and seeing Asgard and seeing kind of the scale of it. And I thought that that was uh, Yeah, I like cool. the design of a lot of the buildings. And that's all I really cared about. Yeah, and uh, also, by the way, watching this again, seeing, and again, this came out 11 years ago. Uh, seeing how young all these characters are, knowing, you know, recent movies and seeing, like, the newest trailers for Thor and all mm -hmm. that, uh, it's really crazy to think of how long these uh, people have played these actors or these uh, characters, like uh, Tom Hiddleston playing Loki and all that. So, uh, anyway, so this whole group is heading across the bridge on their horses. Uh, initially, I was like, wait a minute, why are they riding horses? Um, but then I thought, obviously, it wouldn't make sense to obviously have, you know, cars or anything like that. But then I also remember, too, like, uh, horses are a big part of this kind of mythology and how they get around. And uh, even later on, we'll see flying Pegasus and all that kind of stuff as they talk about uh, the wars that happened uh, before uh, the events of these movies. But we won't see that till later. Um, and so we get to the, the 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 portal here, the Bifrost, uh, and we see Heimdall for the first time, played by Idris Elba. Yeah, motherfucking uh, Knuckles. Hell yeah, Let's dude, go. shout out. <laughs> yeah, I'm Knuckles. Yo, I'm actually, like, re-watching uh, The Wire with Allison right now, right. and Idris Elba, of course, has, like, uh, he, he's one of the very important staple main characters in The Wire. Sure. And so it was kind of cool to see him here because I'm like, man, this is a completely different role than a smart entrepreneurial drug guy. Yeah. Well, more importantly, though, was the role that Idris Elba played in The Office uh, season uh, <laughs> five when it was the Michael Scott paper company arc, right? Be honest, I like Idris Elba mm -hmm. enough that I actually really liked the episodes that he was in. <laughs> that and that's saying a lot for The Office, because well, normally I don't go for that shit, but goddamn, dude, I love Idris Elba. Yeah, that whole episode arc of The Office was about four episodes where Michael Scott quits and starts his own paper company. It's really regarded as one of the best kind of story arcs they had throughout the course of that show. Uh, and Idris Elba was definitely a giant help to that. Uh, he was, yeah, he yeah. was great. And player. in here, he was a giant def defender because he defended yeah, defender of the, the Bifrost. Yeah, and uh, and so yeah, it was cool to see uh, him here. And again, he's going to be someone we'll see multiple times through the MCU. It's uh, it's again, it's really interesting just to see again. This came out eleven years ago, um, and uh, almost every character we see here will have multiple movies they're a part of as this uh, expands and uh it's it's cool to see that um and so we see now they get the bridge to uh, uh Jotunheim and they're there we've got the big giant ice uh folks the frost ice giants folks. and we see yeah the ice folks <laughs> the ice folks <laughs> Uh, and Jesus Christ. Yeah. Dude. And we, uh, we learned during this fight, uh, that mm, something's going on with Loki. Something doesn't, something's not feeling right. Besides the fact that we've kind of gotten the idea so far throughout the start of this movie that Loki is kind of pulling the, the strings behind the scenes, but it seems that there's more to this story than just that. 
uh, in that Loki may not be all that he seems. There's a lot about Loki, like, figuring out that he's uh, not actually Asgardian because it seems like in this fight against the Frost Giants, this is the first time he kind of realized that he was a Frost Giant, right? Yeah. But yeah. he was also plotting against the Asgardians before this even happened. So my question is, why? Well, because he hated that he wasn't treated as the number one son, that he wasn't treated as the one who was going to take over as king, that Thor, even though he was clearly not the more intelligent of the two, uh, that he was focused on as okay. the person who was going to be in succession, even though they were both considered his sons, right? I mean, even at the start of the movie, we see that uh, notion happens. And Odin even leads in the start of the movie where uh, they're in their uh, uh, flashback saying that one of you will be king one day, right? Which even more so is leading Loki down the path of like, well, why is Thor being picked uh, when clearly I seem to be the better choice? Uh, unless you're going for brute strength, but Odin uh, has never really leaned to the fact that uh, brute strength is what he's looking for in a uh, in a king. So being a frost giant was basically adding just fuel to the fire on Loki's hatred mm -hmm. for. Okay, that makes it kind of less meaningless, but okay, or less <laughs> meaningful. Sorry, less meaningful. Wait, wouldn't it make it more meaningful? No, because him him learning that he's a he's a frost giant was just like. Okay, he was already heading in this path. Like he didn't need extra fuel to hate the Asgards. He was already doing it. So like him learning that he's a frost giant doesn't do anything to his character. At least in the context of this movie, and again, maybe this changes later, who knows? But I got to kind of agree with John on this where it's like I'm like he, like him being a frost giant like fundamentally did not matter to the plot like you could take that entire thing out of the movie and it would be the exact same movie except for he wouldn't turn yeah. blue at points you know like well that's that's not true because again the whole point now moving forward is that he is not actually odin's son which means he has no clear right to asgard no clear right to uh, the throne, and he has no ties essentially back to Asgard in a uh, familial sense, right? So right, but it didn't. But it didn't like like he was he was yeah. already plotting to overtake the throne before he knew all that anyway. And then he like gets on the throne, and so it doesn't really matter. Like like he's already betraying his family yeah. to do it. So like when he's like, oh, it's not actually technically my biological family. It's not like it's not like his intentions shift now. I feel like it was almost kind of a way to be like, oh, but like Odin and Thor are such good guys. Why isn't this guy also a good guy? And it's like, Oh, it's because he's part of the right. The he evil was born bad. God. There are, <laughs> he was born evil because he has yeah. that that turns damn out, frost giant. Turns blood. out those ice folks are not very nice folks. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, those ice folks are not very yeah, nice folks. True. I like that. Well, yeah. uh, we begin to see the fight here between uh, the frost giants and uh, uh, Thor and his group here. And I actually, uh, while some of the CGI obviously wasn't spectacular. What I did like is um, the clever uses of the hammer out of the gate, like with the spinning mm -hmm. and hitting up the ice and using that as like a weapon and 
kind of seeing the different effects that he has and using the hammer to uh to fight and you can see that clearly he's like at least a seasoned warrior when it comes to fighting uh so i thought that there was some cool uses there of the uh of the hammer within the one fight. thing i really liked about those action sequences was the sound design because the sound design really sold like each heavy hit of every mm-hmm. every punch every hammer swing it was just like you you kind of felt that this wasn't just like a normal human throwing a hammer around right yeah it uh i thought that that was yeah the sound design was great the usage the fight was really interesting um so i thought it was overall a really good fight so they end up uh uh running towards the the cliff here trying to get the bifrost open back up which uh then odin appears on his horse uh which why didn't they take the horses in if they could do that the first time i guess was my thought uh when odin shows up on his horse it's because odin has a magic horse dude come on obviously Obviously, yeah so what was i thinking um and so now we get back uh within the bifrost and we uh see a fight between odin and thor uh now somehow this was the trigger point for odin to realize that thor uh clearly isn't ready to be king yeah, so let's recap, right? Odin, about to make Thor king, one word from making him king officially was like, just kidding, I'm going to be mad at you because you're obviously very stupid. And then Thor goes and does stupid things. And this is like a few hours after he's about to become so, king. I don't disagree with you. I definitely get your point. However, one thing I will mention is that it was clear that both uh, Odin, Frigga, and others knew that Odin was about to go into an Odin sleep where he would potentially not come out of that ever again. And so there was essentially only two options. One was to make Thor king right away before that happened in the moment where he potentially would not be coming back, or just leave it to chance that everyone's going to figure it out when he's no longer there, which I don't think was an option. So... I get it, mm-hmm. but I'm also looking at the story and understanding that the Odin sleep thing was going to happen. They knew it was going to happen. They knew it had been a long time since he had done that, and that potentially with that expansive time between uh, sleep that he was not going to come out of it. Um, and so uh, that's that's the way I look at it if I'm trying to uh, kind of justify where that's going. I have uh, one question, I guess, and that is... How come when I go to sleep, I don't call it John's sleep? <laughs> because you're question, not a god, dude. and nobody cares when you go to sleep. Have you seen me play That's... Apex? I'm kind of a god. Wow. Okay. Well, nobody considers Apex Legends good anymore anyway. Uh, so, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so I also I want to point out that at this point in the movie, too, so he hurts his dad's feelings, right, Thor? And Odin's like, I, w- I was wrong. You, hey, you you put a lot of people in jeopardy, and you're reckless. So because of this, I, I don't think that King is actually a good position for you. And Thor's like, hey, I, I disagree with that and then he banishes thor to the earth realm um and then whispers into mjolnir which is thor's hammer that like only one worthy of being thor may hold the hammer and it puts like a a a sigil on it and that goes through the portal (laughs) you nailed that thank you that was exactly what he said well 
I'm saying that at this point in my notes, and I just want to say, I think that this just sort of also maybe speaks to why I found this movie kind of boring because it was um, very predictable. Okay, so this is kind of like the setup to the movie, and I'm referencing my notes, and what I wrote here was, so it's going to be a, like, Thor has to become worthy to be Thor thing, question mark, and then in parentheses I wrote self-sacrifice, and that's going to come up later, because at this point, you already know exactly how the movie is going to... But there is only one direction they can go with this movie after they establish it like this, and it plays out the only way that it could possibly play out, and you're just waiting around for the thing that you know is going to happen. So, I kind of understand what you're saying. However, it is a origin story for a superhero. So it's not like you're a you're a master More like a Borigin <laughs> story. Boom. Uh, all, all right. right. So anyway, we get caught continue. up to the start of the movie where uh, Thor gets hit by the car and now we're caught up to current times. We know the background, we know how he got there and uh and here we are. And so uh now we see that the hammer has followed him down. He's uh in the hospital, but we do see uh people trying to pull the hammer out of the ground, just kind of like the sword in the stone. And we see Stan Lee in his cameo for this movie uh, using his truck to try to pull the hammer out of the ground. Uh, and I thought this was a, this was a fun thing because I know that before the government got involved or S.H.I.E.L.D. specifically, people would do this. People would probably line up for their chance to try to pull this hammer out of the ground. Uh, but obviously after the truck thing, I feel like people would have probably given up. No, I still would have tried. Yeah, well, and also, like, I mean... A thing that I thought was kind of like dumb about this plot point is that like all the people in town and I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but it's like they keep calling it a satellite and I'm and and, and it's like it's like oh, a satellite landed. It's crazy, you know. And it's just kind of like it's very obviously a hammer. You know what I mean? Like, is this, like, entire... Yeah, I would never call that thing a, a satellite. Like, is this entire town of, like, are they just all inbred hicks? Like, what the fuck? Like, it's like, it's like, have they never seen a hammer before? Like, you know, at a certain point, everyone's just looking at this and being like, what an odd-looking satellite, to the point that, like, the movie emphasizes that everyone in the town just thinks it's a fallen satellite for some reason, and it's just like, it's like, what? Yeah, the way that I interpreted that was just that word of mouth got around and it wasn't clearly passed around properly it was something that crashed into the earth and normally hammers aren't going to do something that's going to send a crater into place like that so uh i i i don't disagree with what also you're saying, like though. it definitely clearly wasn't a satellite also like technically isn't it a satellite like what's the definition of a satellite De satellite definition i mean yeah, yeah we're, you want to do, do a, you want to do a little uh, research go on a, this good old google.com <laughs> and research wow. uh, satellite Ooh. definition. The best place for research. Yeah, an artificial uh, body placed in orbit around the Earth or moon or another planet in order to... Okay, wait, no, no, no. A celestial body orbiting the Earth or another planet. Okay, never mind. All right, well, I, then I guess it, it of, is. Kind of. Mjolnir? Well, no, it never yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, that's Because it was never, it was never orbiting, orbiting the planet. It went directly from Asgard to Earth. There was never an orbit from orbit. happening. From orbit, right? So. Well, no, from space. That's <laughs> well, different. Space, and then orbit, and then Earth. Well, how, how far in the Earth's gravitational arc do you have to travel for it to be considered in orbit? To be in orbit? 
Yeah, I guess that's the real question. I feel like I feel I feel like that bad boy's got to make one full rotation, and then I consider it an yeah, orbit. Yeah, I guess if there was one change yeah. I would make to this whole movie, it would be Dr. Eric Selvig explaining how far something <laughs> needs to be to be in orbit. I think that's what's missing from this movie, personally. Um, <laughs> so we see more uh, evidence of uh, Loki pulling the strings from behind the scenes. Uh, oh, and Coulson also finds the hammer, which leads to that end credit scene uh, from uh, uh, the, the last movie we were watching, which I'm not going to even say its name. Uh, uh, we see that Coulson has found the hammer, and, and and there you go. And so Loki finds out that he is <gasps> adopted. <gasps> well, stolen. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And that he, funnily enough, is actually the prince of the Frost Giants, that he would have been king in that realm, uh, in theory, by his bloodline. I kind of like this plot point. I wasn't planning on complimenting this plot point, but I guess I will. Uh, it's just funny that he not only in one way gets his uh, birthright stolen, you know? Because on one hand, yeah. he's suppo- he thinks he's supposed to be uh, king of Asgard, but it turns out he's adopted, so he can't. He, they, they never give that to him. But also, he has his uh, frost giant... Uh, royalty stolen from him because he was literally stolen from the frost giants and i like those kind of parallels it's not a huge plus but i like them uh and so as we get back to earth uh colson and team uh take away all the research from them and eric clearly uh knows what shield is and has had previous interactions with him uh and mentions uh not by name, but Bruce Banner, uh, talking about a scientist who was working on gamma radiation. Yeah, they they fucking, they retconned the Hulk, like, in this movie, and I thought that that was very funny, because I sort of took it as, like, at this point, the Hulk didn't do well enough for them to do another one, and they weren't sure what they were going to do with the Hulk, like, past this, so he just sort of has this throwaway line where he's like, I knew a scientist that worked with gamma radiation and he was never heard from again. Like they just kind of like leave that like nebulous because they're like, oh, what's what, what's going to happen with that character? Well, and as, as we all know, it comes back. I mean, at this point, though, uh, they're four movies into the MCU and we're two movies away from Avengers, which is going to feature Hulk pretty prominently. So, wow. Are we really only two movies away from Avengers? We've got, uh, dude, Captain America. There is. Okay. So your whole, and we're breaking form on the pod a little bit. I just want to throw one point out there because your sort of hypothesis for this is that like, I might grow to appreciate the Avengers a little bit more if I only understood some of the backstory behind it leading up, because just watching the Avengers probably isn't going to do it justice without the context. If we're only two movies out from the Avengers, dude, I'm going to need a hell of a lot of context uh, in order to enjoy that film. I believe. Well, we'll see. I mean, we got to watch it right so we'll see true fair uh you also you know there's a lot of probably i i could probably ask you if you remember anything from the avengers and you'll probably say no and you'll rewatch it and say i didn't remember watching any of this because it didn't stick in my memory so you don't know just yet that you won't appreciate it more i remember this is this is this uh, i remember uh uh when someone says you can't fight him. He's a god. And Captain America is like, I I only pray to one god, ma'am, and he doesn't dress like that. And I wanted to blow my <laughs> brains out in the theater. 
Uh, I remember that. Yeah, that's that's not great. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, now uh, we see that Odin has gone into Odin's sleep, and that uh, Loki, uh, lucky for him, man, and just uh, coincidentally has now become uh, at least temporarily king of Asgard. Uh, as the as Lady Sif and the Warriors Three go to uh, try to get Odin to reverse uh, Thor's banishment from Asgard, uh, Loki's not having it, and uh, I think it's because he doesn't want Thor to come back. Mm. I don't know if you picked up what? on that. It seems that he's not very happy that Thor exists. I thought they were brothers. <laughs> what? Yep. Uh, and so uh, you know, also watching this again uh, after you know, 10 years or whatever it's been, uh, seeing Thor and his, uh, the way that he acts within this movie, throwing down the cup in the diner and asking for more and kind of this really over the top character. Um, it, it does, it, it is interesting seeing how this character changes over time. What I think I really like about the MCU is how much these characters adjust and change and that they don't, kind of just stay the same character, which is kind of why I really like uh, the MCU as a whole, right? Is is how much these characters develop. And a lot of times, even if you just have one or two movies, you don't get to see this kind of character development happen over these many years. So it was uh, interesting to see where he all started because, again, I didn't really remember a lot of this movie uh, since it's been so long since I watched it. Yeah, I kind of felt like it was, like, too over the top, yeah. in my opinion. Yep. Like, it, but, like, and, you know, cause I, because I think that they could have sold the whole, like, stranger in a strange land thing without, like, laying it on quite as thick as they did, but it's, like, pretty damn thick, like, in this. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest in saying, you know, there are two movies in the MCU that I will say are not the best, and that is one is Hulk, and two is Thor Dark oh, World, which is the next Thor movie. Yeah, the second Thor movie. Um... But what rewatching this reinforces to me why they made the changes they did in the third one, which is Thor Ragnarok, which is actually widely considered as one of the best uh, MCU movies because it really took a different direction with Taika Waititi and them kind of getting away from this over-the-top exaggerated Thor in, in certain ways. So, um, again, kind of uh, cool to see where it started, knowing where it's going to go. Um, and so, uh, with that, uh, now Thor is trying to find a horse in a pet shop, uh, and asks if there are any dogs, cats, uh, that are big enough for him to ride. Right. Point in case, yeah. by the yeah. way. <laughs> uh, well. I was kind of like, okay, man, sure. Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there it is, right? So we get to the shield site, uh, and honestly, right? this is the moment I think everyone in this podcast has been waiting for. Uh-huh. And that is the first appearance of, of Hawkeye. Of yeah. Hawkeye? <laughs> Whoa. Dude, I got to say, this entire thing was like the most obvious red herring of my entire life when it's like he's going to go <laughs> in and get the ham. Yeah. Again, again, it's just like the shit where it's like, I already know what the fuck is about to happen in this movie. You know, it's like, and, and again, maybe that sort of like speaks to... Again, the point that I was making about just like kind of being bored because it's like, of course, he's not 
gonna go in to the fucking shield facility and get the hammer. So like, so so what are we doing here? Because like, in order for him to have a redemption arc, he has to go in. He has to fail to pick up the hammer, so that then he has to do a little self reflection, so that he has to become like a bet. You know, it's it's just like. Oh, okay, like I like I sort of feel like this is just another going through the motions kind of thing. Although I did, I will say, points of this movie, I did enjoy uh, uh, about this that if you were going to make a Metal Gear Solid motion picture, it would probably look a lot like Thor storming the shield facility. Mm, it was very Metal true. Gear Solid esque, which I enjoyed. Yeah. Which they are working on a Metal Gear Solid Wait, movie with huh? Oscar Isaac. Wait, are they really? Yeah. Oscar Isaac. Oh is my boy, play, Oscar. Uh, Solid Snake. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So we'll see how that ends up, but uh, we'll do a separate uh, podcast for that one. No problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, hold on. I have one. I have one. I have one more note. Yes. On this. That. Okay. So Lady Sith. And the Warriors right? Three. Great cat. And the Warriors three, great casting, right? I thought that like that uh, uh, actress did like a fantastic job in that role, legit. And I felt like her fight scenes were believable, which kind of brings me back to the previous movie that we saw when I was like, you know, Widowmaker or uh, Bla Black Widow, where I'm kind of like, I don't really, I don't really buy it. Like, you know, that uh, what's-her-face, Scarlett Johansson is, like, uh, you know, even has, like, the physical capacity of doing half of the things that she's doing. And we get another hallway scene in this, uh, uh, like, uh, part where Thor's, like, going into S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's just kind of the same hallway scene from Iron Man 2, where it's, like... He's just jumping around and doing flips and incapacitating people in very acrobatic style ways. And I just, again, I was like, okay, I can buy it in this scene. But in the previous movie, it was harder for me to believe that. And I bet if you put those two scenes like back to back, they're pretty fucking similar. I would just like to see uh, uh, some more... Uh, uh, stealthy acrobatics uh coming out of your girl the widow and uh it just made me think of it when i saw the hallway scene because it's just it's just uh Widowmaker, black black it's just black widow's hallway scene from the previous movie it's just the same thing and it also kind of makes me wonder if like fighting bad guys who come at you one at a time in a hallway is about to become a staple of this entire fucking mcu thing and i sort of hope it doesn't because i think it's a little lazy uh no but there will be a fight in an elevator mm -hmm. so is that better yeah that's much okay. better yeah you know what unironically yes that is better <laughs> like more of that please because that fucking hallway fights dude it's kind of played out all right well uh thor ends up not being able to lift the hammer surprisingly enough uh and so what now oh my god who could have possibly seen that <laughs> yeah. coming that's so fucking crazy why he can't live but you know and they were setting it up so that you the audience wouldn't even know because oh it's raining as he's getting close to it oh man oh mjolnir's calling out to him. and then he can't lift the hammer that's fucking that's insane you know who else who could have possibly seen that coming it's loki mm, loki yeah. even yeah. though he's now the king of asgard he still can't lift the hammer uh and just not worthy um, but we do find out that Loki, uh, can, uh, visit Earth there for a moment, tells Thor that Odin is dead, 
uh, that his mother's forbidden the return uh, to enforce the final wishes of his father. Um, and uh, that Loki then tries to lift that hammer, and guess what? No success. So that hammer is still stuck right there in the ground. Um, and so now we get uh, uh, Dr. Eric Selvig comes in and saves. Oh, hold on. Here. One, wait, wait, wait. Hold mm -hmm. on. Just really quick. How the fuck does like Loki have a suit? He's a he's well, a sorcerer. They've, so they've yeah, but he just like knows. Yes. So it's like Thor shows up on Earth and he doesn't, and then Loki shows up and he just like knows properly how to dress and conduct himself. No, well, Thor is accurately dressed when he drops into Earth. He's not naked. He's wearing Midgard clothes, and they do that right. Accurately. But he like. Yeah, but he like, but he's like, I don't understand anything about yeah. this strange place. I'm so confused. And then there's even like a scene where Jane gives him like one of her ex boyfriend's shirts. It's like this is well, I'm yeah, sorry, he didn't come with boyfriend. He didn't come you know? with a suitcase, right? I mean, right, well, but like, right, but Loki just like gets like a whole ass suit when he shows up. Like well, it was, it was just there are weird. Two points to me. there like, is that know. Thor obviously doesn't. He's not like the smartest person ever. Um, whereas Loki is very. True. Smart yeah. and like manipulative, so he knows to like research what the fucking and dress yeah, the part. And dress the part. Also, he's a sorcerer, sure. so like or like what is this? it's like a trickster sorcerer thing. So he can like manipulate yeah. his appearance at will. So he can put on a suit. Mm -hmm. Also, that's just kind of what like his, that's his vibe. Um, and on top of that, I'm not really sure that the humans can see him because no, yeah, no, they can't. Then why does he, he have to have it. the suit? I don't Whatever. Know. Doesn't matter. He just likes, he just, he just likes yeah. the suit. Okay. That's that's my yeah. headcanon. I don't know. He likes suits. Okay. Yeah. Um and But he really could have just shown up with the yeah. the horns. They he can't see him anyway. If he wanted to, okay. I mean. But but right, but he but he shows up to Okay. What you know what? Whatever, dude. I'll I'll I will I'll be stuck on this point for far too yeah, long if we don't well, move past it. Loki is now pulling the strings again, goes to Jotunheim to uh tell the frost giants, hey, you know what? I'm going to let you go ahead and kill Odin. Uh, and then we'll have a partnership together and everything's going to be great. Uh, so go ahead. Just follow me back into Asgard and you could take care of business. Uh, and that's that's going to be it for me. No problem at all. Uh, and so we get kind of a flashback to Earth now. And now we see that uh, uh, Thor and Jane are getting along quite swimmingly as he mm. explains mm. Uh, the nine realms to her. And we kind of actually see it an explanation for ourselves, kind of seeing how the nine realms line up and that they're the world's tree. Um, and well, but also we got we 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 got to remember that before this moment, Thor has been captured by Shield, and is in a room, and Loki, and he's he's being interrogated by Coulson uh, after just single-handedly wiping out an entire shield facility and making an active attempt to grab Mjolnir. Um, he is then being interrogated by Coulson. Coulson leaves the room, and then Loki shows up and uh, informs him that his father is dead and uh, that he's banished permanently forever. And uh, I, I said all this. Okay, cool. <laughs> My point is, though, right? Sorry, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so stuck on the suit thing. Still, um, my my point is that he just lets Colson just kind of like lets the doctor walk in and just like leave with Thor after yeah. this, and then he's like, who? who 
who who is who is this guy? And he's like, oh, he's like an old friend of mine that does a lot of steroids. Yeah, but steroids. This purposeful. They they knew that yeah. he was lying. Coulson was letting him go to see how it played out. You know, everything Coulson was doing in all of these moments was to see how things played out because he doesn't know, right? That's why he let Thor not get shot by Hawkeye in that moment. Sure. That's why he tried to let him get the hammer. And then he got the data that the ID was fake, right? I mean, he knew that it wasn't really Donald, or what was it? Donald Blake, yeah. I think was the name that yeah. he came up with. Um, he, he knew it was all fake. That's why he had him followed. He just wanted to see how these things played out as Thor was allowed to go back. Um, and clearly that worked well. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Did. And so Lady Sif and the Warriors 3 end up escaping uh, with the help of Heimdall uh, to get, uh, well, without his help, right? He places the sword. He walks away. I couldn't help you do that. Uh, and so they make it to Earth. And now I, I, I did like the reactions of these four showing up to Earth and finding Thor and uh, seeing Jane, Darcy, and Eric go, okay, what is this actually all real now? Uh, I did like some of those reactions and seeing those folks on Earth because seeing those outlandish characters now create some credibility for Thor. I thought was uh, was was a fun moment in the movie. So, so right after they showed up, if you guys would be interested in a new segment on the show, I was watching this uh, movie with my wife Allison, and uh, I had to pause the movie to stand up and use the restroom. And upon sitting back down, I turned to her. And I said, what are, what, are, what are your thoughts on this movie that we're watching together? Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, it was right at this point. And I actually uh, 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 wrote them down. So um, oh, it's a new sick. segment on the show. It's called, it's called, it's called, it's called Allison Thoughts. Um, yeah. <clears throat> she said, and I quote, would be a really cool movie if you're a middle schooler in the early 2000s. Middle schoolers these days don't want to see this shit. Is this like they would have the lady sif and the warriors 3 on a trapper keeper maybe like i don't know i'm just reporting yeah. i'm just reporting yeah, back what she said to me we can we, we can, can have an entire podcast discussing what she means by that but yeah <laughs> yeah it's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of deep symbolism yeah, in yeah, there that makes sense probably um <laughs> i don't know i didn't say it uh we do see the return of uh the destroyer now who uh initially just completely destroyed those frost giants who were supposed to try to steal the casket is now on earth and uh hey is that one of starks i don't know i don't know uh call back <laughs> call back to to uh, a guy called Iron Man. I don't know if you're familiar, yeah, I don't but know. Uh, that's Tony Stark. That guy doesn't tell him anything. Okay, so at this point, and I understand that like now we're getting into the thick of it, and I'm yelling a lot. I'm trying to keep it to a a, a minimum, but I feel I feel passionately uh-huh. about this point, and that's that like the Destroyer made me laugh because like Thor needs something to fight because in order for the arc to make sense that we all knew was going to happen, speaking to the boredom, once again, the big theme of my take on this podcast, you need like a climactic battle at the end, but he's stuck on earth. So like, you can't really just have like frost giants mobbing cause that wouldn't really make sense. And at this point in the story also, it's like, Loki kind of needs to be like the final candidate. So it's like, but you need a villain to 
like for Thor to go up against because you need like a big finish to the New Mexico thing that's going on. And I just thought it was kind of funny because it's like, then there's just this sort of giant robot and it's like, oh, it'll be the, gi- of course, it'll just be the, the giant robot. That's the thing he's going to fight in New Mexico. Yeah, and then, but that's not the villain. It's a weapon of the villain of the movie. Right. And I mean, the frost giants couldn't be that because Loki was utilizing the frost giants in that moment to secure his place on the throne by killing Odin. So utilizing right. a weapon, which is what the destroyer is, to handle Thor while he's dealing with the Frost Giants and Odin, I think all kind of fit perfectly. That was kind of the the thought there. And so the destroyer wasn't meant to be really a character, a plot point outside of just being a weapon to destroy Thor while Loki was handling business. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. But that but that but that's kind of my point is that like it, it's like it's just an it's just another one of those convenient things from like a plot writing perspective where they're just like, oh, yeah, he needs like a, a, a final fight while on Earth. But all the other characters are indisposed. I guess we'll just like summon a, ro- a robot and then the robot will show up. And then that's what the yeah. final fight's going to be right at the end here. And you haven't really seen the robot you know, like it, 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 it hasn't really mattered. And then all of a sudden Loki's like, oh, 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 also, by the way, I have this robot at my mm-hmm. disposal. Uh, uh, and then and now Thor needs to go fight it in New Mexico. It was just kind of like, boop, OK, it just seemed like a really convenient plot device to keep everything moving as opposed to something that like felt organic to me. Well, I mean, uh, the way that I view it, I guess, is that the the place where the casket was stored contains a bunch of treasures and will contain even more in the future as we go through the MCU. We're going to see that room multiple times uh, and that needed a guardian of its own. And so that guardian will consist as we go through the story. Um, But I don't think necessarily like I think they justified enough having it there to then be able to use it as a weapon like Odin did previously. So it didn't really feel super cheap just in my opinion i guess now we get to the destroyer on earth the destroyer is fighting uh lady sif and the warriors three and thor you know what he's understood uh why these humans are are good and he thinks they don't deserve to be destroyed here and so he's working to get folks out of town uh and then he walks right up to this thing uh and says you know what loki just kill me just do it and uh, for a second, it seems like, you know what, Loki's hearing him. And maybe he did for a second. And then Thor gets bitch slapped across the yeah, town. Just a giant slap in the face. Uh, just <laughs> pummeling this guy. I, I thought in this moment, I will say that the way that he looked on the ground did not line up with how hard he was just smacked by this giant metal uh, destroyer thing. Uh, That part took me out for a moment. I will admit it. So I have some confusion, okay? Mm -hmm. Thor's, like, physical integrity, like, just as, like, a living being kind of doesn't feel consistent to me because on one hand, he is Asgardian, right? 
But then when he gets banished, uh, Odin's like, I'm taking all your fucking powers. GG's son. Yeah. And he throws him out. Yep. But then, like, he gets to Earth and is immediately hit by a truck, goes to the hospital, gets sedated, comes out of the hospital, gets hit by a truck again, and is completely fine. He goes through, like, the shield, the shield facility, beats up a bunch of dudes. He has a little trouble with a bigger dude, but he still wins. And then he gets bitch slapped by a destroyer and is still fine. So, like... What part of his powers went away, and how weak is he actually? How much of his powers are about him being as guardian? Well, so I I agree that again that's why I said it. The bitch slap here from the destroyer, the way that he looked after that didn't line up to me. I agree. Everything else, in my opinion, made sense because one, just because his powers are taken away, doesn't mean that his ability to fight went away. He's also super ripped and cut right. So like. It wasn't unrealistic to me that he could fight individual humans on a one-to-one basis getting through the shield site Mm -hmm. and that the one larger guy was a bit more of a fight for him. But also he had years of war and experience under his belt to be able to tackle those guys. So I feel like, to your point, the only thing that took me out of it was how he looked after he got bitch slapped by the destroyer. I feel like it wasn't harsh enough. Um, based on him being technically mortal. If he's able to get hit by a truck and survive, then, like, how strong is he actually? Like, if well, he gets but, bitch slapped okay. by In a destroyer, moments, though, wouldn't he be fine? No, because if you think about Maybe it... Maybe the destroyer hits, like, <laughs> 10,000 trucks. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that when he gets hit the first time by the truck, it's currently breaking and turning, Right. So it's not like it's coming at him at 60 miles an hour, uh, hitting him at full force. This is already a breaking for the past 10 seconds, trying to get to a stop, and then hits him as the truck is stopping. And then the second time he gets hit is literally them backing out at 5 miles an hour, and he is behind the truck, and they stop immediately. So I don't think it wasn't that he got hit by a truck at 60 miles an hour and survived. These were realistic hits, in my opinion. So you think that if he got hit by a a 60 miles per hour driving truck, then he would have died? Yes. Yes. Hmm. And that's why I feel like the destroyer hit was unrealistic. But he did die from it. But I feel like the gore of him being hit wasn't strong Uh, enough. Yeah, we're watching... watching marvel's mcu we are exactly even when he blasted through that frost giant beast at the beginning he came down and was essentially clean as a whistle he had no guts or blood i you know at all that is true that i did remember that moment as like a wait he just went through that yeah (laughs) he didn't he was completely clean so you know what Uh, again i'll give you that one for sure um so uh at this moment now, uh, the Frost Giants have gotten in to Odin. Uh, Lofri is about to kill Odin. And then Loki kills Lofri, uh, which, again, Loki pulling the strings from behind the scenes. Uh, I didn't remember that part. Uh, so that was kind of an interesting moment. Uh, I feel like that it was something you could have 50-50 guessed. Either one, Thor was going to show up in that moment and save uh, Odin, or Loki was going to do it to pull the strings behind the scenes. But I thought that that was a good note. And then now Thor is obviously back in Asgard trying to 
uh, stop Loki. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they, they fight it out here. Yeah, I watched this fight last night, and I can like barely remember it. I don't know; it didn't make didn't make a huge yeah, impact. Yeah, well, on there me. wasn't as much of it's, a well, fight as a uh, argument or conversation to finally understand between both Loki and Thor. Because I think Thor, up until this moment, still doesn't truly understand Loki's hatred towards him. Yeah. Well, also, like Thor's gonna win. Like, so it's like, you know, there's kind of like not a ton. It's like beyond exposition, I suppose, to like, uh, you know, make the story move along. It's like there's no real there's no real risk involved in a fight with the titular Thor and his brother Loki at the end of the movie because they're not going to like in the last 10 minutes pull like, oh, Loki killed Thor. And that's the you know, it's like so. I think ultimately, I mean, the fight scene was like perhaps a bit dramatic, but on the flip side, it's like, you know, whatever. It's just trying to like keep the story humming along with uh, another thing where now Thor kind of realizes that Loki uh, truly does despise him in a way that he perhaps didn't understand before they fought. Well, and I like this because there wasn't a winner out of this really i mean thor and loki more just got to a point where they have a better understanding of how they feel about each other uh and why they're existing together and how that dynamic has been now it's really out in the open and really the loser here was thor because thor destroys the bifrost in order to save jotunheim from being fully demolished in this moment so i did like the fact that there wasn't a winner at the end of this. Nobody really won. It was more so like setting it up for the future, but also kind of putting a cap on Thor growing up because I don't think in that moment, you know, if he had met Jane immediately came back and his banishment was reversed. He never went through the destroyer. He never went through anything else. I don't think he would have destroyed the Bifrost to save Jotunheim. Right. So I kind of liked this plot point being used. to. It wasn't just a Thor defeats Loki. Loki gets put in a prison within Asgard, and then somehow he's going to escape yeah. later. Right? I, I, yeah, I, I'll agree 100% with Dan on this one. I, I don't think that... Um, you're Like, Christian's right. We were never going to see Thor get killed by Loki. Like, that was completely yep. out of the picture. Obviously, Thor was going to be alive at the end of the movie. Um so the way that you have to tackle that problem is like everyone knows that Thor is going to survive. So how do you insert drama into the final act? And the way is to leave Loki as like a loose end. It's kind of the same way that like um, in like the original Star Wars trilogy, like at the end of the trilogy, everyone knew that like Luke wasn't going to die in a fight. Right. Like nobody would have believed that. So that the way the way they like yeah. inserted drama into that was being like, is Luke after finding out that spoilers Darth Vader Darth Vader is his father is he going to turn to the dark side what? the dark side you know like that's just that's just yeah. how you have to get out of those um extremely predictable writing points and i thought that this uh for thor was pretty decently done i guess yeah i thought it was an interesting ending uh for that to happen uh loki falls into the void and what we end up knowing about loki as we move forward into the future is uh loki just he can't die uh and we find out in the end credit scene it seems like loki's still around 
Uh, and I guess we're going to find out what that is, but we'll get to the end credits in a second. So this ends with uh, Thor looking out into uh, the, the kind of void with Heimdall, wondering if uh, uh, Jane and team are okay and that they've moved forward, and it shows them working with S.H.I.E.L.D. now uh, and uh, looking for Thor in the Bifrost, which has now been closed out due to it being fully destroyed. Um, but, you know, Loki has mentioned uh, earlier in the movie that the Bifrost was not the only way between realms. So I guess uh, maybe we'll find out how that looks there in the future, maybe. which brings us uh, to the end of this movie, which ag- which I think we will learn how it looks in the future because we get a big Thor will return in the Avengers note at the end of the credits, yeah. just in case you were wondering whether or not Thor would return in the Avengers. Uh, he, he, he will. Yeah, there was a lot of emphasis placed on getting to this Avengers movie that it was going to be a really big deal. And it was, which we'll get to it when we get to it. But uh, the end credit scene here shows uh dr eric selvig uh walking down uh this path within shield and finding nick fury there he is samuel l jackson again uh and this is when we see uh the first i believe this is the first time we've seen uh the tesseract and uh what we will later come to find out are the infinity stones um and loki then appears in that mirror and clearly has taken some type of hold or is within the mind of, or something within Eric Selvig. And so uh, that brings us to the end of the movie. And so uh, I think it's time for our now famous bit. I don't know if you're aware, but now famous everywhere across the literal tens of people that have listened to this podcast. Um, Actually over a hundred now, which is pretty cool. Um, Yeah, hey, there it is. Uh, Christian, why don't you tell us something you liked about this movie? Ooh, something I liked about this movie. Um, Okay, and in the spirit of this segment, I'll keep it unironic, because I'm tempted to say all of the hilarious ad placement, like there's like a a Burger King in the town that's in the background of like nine of the shots, and it made me laugh, but I didn't really like that. Tell you what I did like. I liked how throughout this entire movie there's kind of this underpinning of like a david lynch style sort of vibe in this new mexico town where it's sort of like this like normal kind of regular podunk town And then, like, just under the surface of it, all of this crazy shit is bubbling up. So you have these sort of shots of the town that make it just look like your sort of stereotypical Americana while, you know, like, regular townsfolk are just going back and forth and kind of doing their daily commutes and their business and everything is sort of normal in the town. And it's interesting to have that juxtaposed to Thor crashing down from the heavens and seeing the sort of subtle nefarious impact of that while people are going about their day-to-day lives and like S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming in and confiscating things and you know there's a literal god among them now and sort of how they're interacting with Mjolnir after it you know, falls down, like, uh, into the sort of culmination of the final scene with the Destroyer, where I feel like they broke that a bit by then. Now the action's happening in the town. But I liked 
how the sort of absurdity of what was occurring in the movie was kind of being offset by the like normal nature of this town and the normal people living within the town going about their normal lives. Yeah, so what you're saying is across the entire movie you just really liked it. Mm-hmm. And so uh Yeah, I yeah, loved it. 100%. Great to hear that. Yeah, that's 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 the point that I'm getting at, but uh, you know what? There is a second part to this famous I'm not segment. aware of it. Um honestly. And uh, you have to say it's something that you uh, unironically hated. The well, worst okay. part of this it's movie. It's not hated. It's disliked. Hey, man, if I have to go with love, I didn't you have say to love. go with hated. I didn't say love. I said liked. Well, I'm saying well, love. You can say all you want. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah. So what I didn't like was there were things kind of scattered throughout this movie. And I'll mention a couple of them that would have been nice to get more background on to feel the impact better. And I think one of those things was the casket. Again, like having the casket be the Tesseract would have been really cool and seeing that the source of their power would have been a an infinity stone and putting that more into the story would have been nice because we're going to see it at the end of this movie anyway. So why not kind of make that part of the story? So the casket and the whole idea of the infiltration and all that and, like, you know, why the power's been stolen, I feel like didn't have enough kind of backstory. The other thing was the horses. I felt like while they were there, they weren't... I don't know. It felt out of place in that moment because the way that Asgard looked so futuristic, it took me out for a second when I saw the horses and the five of them on horses going across that rainbow bridge. Now, if the horses were Pegasuses and they had, like, wings and they flew in... Pegasi, Pegasuses. Pegasi. Uh, and they flew in. Pegasus folks. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that would have had a, a better impact, but the horses just felt completely out of place to me. So there were kind of little things as we went through the movie that uh, kind of weren't fleshed out and and kind of took me out in those moments. Um, the other thing was, uh, unfortunately, I know I'm going to really disappoint you here. Um, Hawkeye just, okay. Cool, I guess. They had Hawkeye. Uh, The thing that really in that moment just didn't click for me was when they said, hey, we need to get someone up there to to scope out. And he goes and he puts his hand on the sniper. (laughs) And then he takes it off and he pulls the crossbow or the bow off the wall. So, like, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, there were just these little things that, you know, either kind of get rid of them or you do something with them. Um, and so that for me was kind of what took me out of it. Oh, isn't it final, oh, final rating, rating time? time? Final rating? Oh, did we do we do yeah. ratings? Yeah, we get get give the movie a like score out yeah, of two. Yeah, we yeah, can yeah. do ratings. Uh yeah, we 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 have been doing that at the end of these, and then we give last word uh to your boy John after 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 we're See, done. Normally I black out when you talk about the things you don't like about the movie, because I just or, right. you know, or the things you like because I know you're lying to me. Uh-huh. Um so mm-hmm. no, yeah, hundred percent it, fine. Uh go ahead, rate it. Let me hear it. Okay. Uh the official Christian review of this movie is drum roll, please. I would give uh, Thor a two out of ten. No, no, no. Get the hell out of here. But it's better than The Hulk, so it doesn't deserve a one. It was a better movie than The Hulk. I still find it... 
I was just bored. I'm t- like, literally, I sat down and then I was fucking bored as shit for two hours. Like, it was like very predictable. I didn't like the CGI wasn't really doing it for me. Like, uh, uh, maybe the character gets more interesting later. I thought the whole thing was cheesy. He wakes up in the hospital and he's just like, "What? I? Uh, how dare you touch okay. the son of Odin?" <laughs> it's just kind of like you know, whatever. Um, but, but, but. It was better than the Hulk. So it gets a two. What was your rating for Iron Man? Uh I think I got three. Oh god. Yeah, okay. okay, well, okay. Anyways. Three or four. I I will say though, unfortunately, and I hate to have to be the one to say this, I really do feel like the first Iron Man is the best of these movies that I have seen so far. Yeah. I hmm. probably liked that one the yeah, most would, out of I any think I would of agree what with we've yeah. seen. Yeah. But I just wouldn't agree that all right, anyways. I would also love to know, and you don't have to have this now. Maybe we can talk about it the next time we rate uh, uh, Captain America. I'd love to know an idea of what is a 5 out of 10 movie for you. Not in the MCU, just in general. What's like a 5 or a 6 movie for you? Because, uh, like, again, I get that maybe some of the plot here was not the most original thing that we've ever seen. But it was a fun, like, it was a fun movie at its core. Like, it, it had some interesting characters. Thor was, while over the top, kind In of. It. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm yeah. just crazy. But uh, I would put this uh, probably, uh, what did, oh, God. I I feel like I put Hulk at, like, a five. So I'd probably put <laughs> this at, like, a, like five and a half, six, oh, maybe. Like, I didn't necessarily think it was the greatest MCU movie, but I liked it more than I remembered or thought that I would. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess this original Thor movie had kind of, because it's been so long and all the things that I've heard about it from other folks since I had watched it, I think I put it lower in my brain than I remembered it actually being. Um, But rewatching it again, it is better than I remember, but still not, you know definitely not up there with the rest of the mcu as we get later on the uh better movies i think that's fair what would you say rating uh initially i I was the same way i thought that the movie was going to be a lot worse than it actually turned out being um probably also because i hadn't watched it since it came out and everyone kind of shit talked it the entire time it's since then um, but I'd probably give this a five out of 10 because on one mm. hand, yeah, it's nothing new. On the other hand, it has its funny moments. And I think that Chris Hemsworth like does a good job of playing Thor in a silly enough way that I was sufficiently entertained, but like, uh, I don't know. For a lot of the movie, I was really bored. But also, like, yeah, to kind of put a closing thought on this, if I may, uh, they did they did Jane Foster real dirty in this fucking movie, and I don't know what it was, but they made her the most like insignificant non-character romantic interest that you could ever make a character, and the entire group of like her, Eric, and What's her name? Darcy? Is that her name? Yeah. Um, yeah, Darcy. Could have basically all just been one person, but they split them into three for some reason. 
um there was like really no reason for all those characters to exist i guess except to like split them apart later and do the same thing that any one of those characters could have done anyway uh well, I, I think that she needed some type of mentor in Eric, and Eric had the ties to S.H.I.E.L.D., and so anyways, but I'm not going to... Okay, 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 yeah. okay. I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I, I leave this movie, and this podcast, um, still in this kind of weird, jaded area of the first phase of the Avengers, but with a little bit of hope, because Thor, god of love and thunder or whatever the fuck that show is going to be called it's coming out in the next like two weeks or three weeks yeah and i hope that jane foster gets a redemption arc because wow she sucks in this movie yeah i i uh, yeah it looks like she's going to without any spoilers so uh <laughs> cool hey you know what that was that was a podcast. That was a podcast. There it is. And that was Cape Shit. Yep. Not this is. That, that was and, Cape Shit. And in case anyone was wondering, yes, that was Cape, Cape Shit. Wow. Nailed it. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.